how can we elevate our staff to make sure that that we're operating at the you know the optimal performance lead them by example okay train your people okay coach your people okay and then follow up with your people like have them come back just don't do a one time training and then expect everybody to instantly become great you know have follow up meetings and trainings and and uh, you know measure the numbers and you know, uh, look at it and, and hold them accountable to the things that they want as well in life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Business Savvy, our educational podcast for field service and home service business owners. As always, I am your host, Nick Worker. Now, I love coming across individuals who have already built up a successful company and are willing to share their secrets to success with others. Uh, and we're very fortunate to have one of those people with us today. John Akoyan is the co-founder and CEO of, of Rooter Hero Plumbing and Air, a California and Arizona-based plumbing and HVAC company. So in this episode, we'll be diving into what's made Rooter Hero so successful and getting into some of John's top tips on how to, you know, grow a plumbing and HVAC company to that next level. So, uh, John, we're really excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here. Great. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah. Um, so just want to get into it, uh, a, like a little background. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience on on working in the trades? Sure, yeah. Um, so I, um, I'm John Akoyan. I, I started in the trades when I was 17 years old. Um, I got into the trades uh, uh, because I had to, you know, get into the trades. So my dad was a major breadwinner of the family, and uh, he had a sudden heart attack and passed away. I was 17 years old, and um, I basically dropped out of high school to go work with a family friend who was a plumber uh, to learn the trades because, you know, I had to replace my dad's income pretty quickly so, you know, we could continue to pay the mortgage and, uh, not lose the uh, house that he bought for the family two years before that. Um, that's a, I'm sorry to hear that, uh, obviously, but, uh, you know, I, I meet a lot of tradespeople who, uh, who say that, you know, I did it because the school thing wasn't for me or, you know, I liked money or, um, you know, so on and so forth. And, and just, I think this is what's so great about the trades, right? Is that, you know, you don't need to necessarily go to school for four years in order to like start providing for a family because to some people that's, that's what's most important in life, right? Is, um, is providing for a family. I know that that's something that I hold really uh, in high regard in my life is that I want to be able to provide for a family and, and, and let my wife do whatever she wants, even though she doesn't do whatever she wants. I, I want to, uh, <laughs> Because otherwise I'll get in trouble. Um, so I want to I want to ask you this: What would you say are like some of the biggest reasons that plumbing and HVAC companies um, sort of fail to grow or end up failing to reach their real potential? You know, um, what are some of the things that 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 plumbing and HVAC companies fail to do in order to I don't know get to that next level? Well, I mean, I could tell you out of personal experience, you know, um, 
So a lot of companies, you know, if, if they're successful at one time and then they just get stuck, you know, um, I think a lot of things that happen is the owner stopped doing the things that brought them that far. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, we get too comfortable and, uh, and stop doing the things that, you know, brought us to this point, which are the basics. And, you know, some of the things are taking risk, you know, um, growing the business, learning, educating yourself, um, you know, hanging around with other successful business owners that, you know, uh, you could learn from that. Uh, so th these are the kind of things that I've done. And when I stopped growing, uh, typically when I looked back, you know, I was not doing the things I was doing when I was growing, you know, so it was really simple. It's like, oh, I stopped doing that. You know, I need to start doing that more often. And then sometimes, you know, like business owners, you know, get into a place where, um, you know, they, they, they get comfortable, you know, and they're like, hey, you know, um, instead of, you know, playing to win, you know, I'm going to play not to lose, right? So I don't want to take the risk anymore. And um, I'm comfortable where I'm at. And, um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to do the things I used to do, you know, because that was too risky. Um, but sometimes if you want to keep growing, you know, you have to keep doing the things you were doing and, and you have to take some risk. I think it's also, you know, if you're, if you're competing in a, in a, in a market and you aren't actively trying to, I don't even want to say grow your business because it's really, it's really sort of, you don't have to be this capitalistic, hungry, uh, I don't know, like warlord, um, you know, trying to put everybody out of business, but you, you, you will over time see sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say setbacks, but like decreased profit margins, if you aren't attempting to keep up with the rest of the market. And, uh, and what we're talking about, like providing for a family or, or um, I don't know, just providing, I like to think of, of what I do as like, it helps provide jobs too, right? Like in my local community. So it sounds like, and, uh, and I, I like solutions that are mindset based because, um, you know, we get comfortable or we don't want to take the risk anymore, or I don't know. And, and any of these things can really hold us back mentally from trying to do more to grow our business, but also serve the community. So how big of a role does does mindset play in a person's ability to run a successful plumbing or HVAC business in your opinion? Well, I think, I think it's huge. Uh, mindset is uh, definitely one of the biggest roles in, uh, in a person's ability to run a successful plumbing business, because, you know, whatever you believe, you know, you're right, right? It's your perception is your reality. Okay. So if that perception is flawed, right then, you know, your reality is going to be flawed. Um, so um, I think mindset has a big, you know, factor on success. And it could either be the brake that stops you or the gas pedal that, you know, keeps you going um, and propels you forward. Um, so I think mindset is huge. And you have to put the good things in to your mindset, right? Um, so, you know, there's a fear-based mindset that's out there that is like, it's almost like, hey, you know, um, the market's getting smaller and uh, I better, 
try to grab as big of a piece of the pie as I can because you know that the pie is getting smaller and, and smaller. Uh, but the reality is that the market is huge, right? And a lot of the problems that exist in a plumbing company are, are typically internal, right? You know, a lot of times we think it's the competition, it's this or it's that, but it's, it has very little to do with what's going on the outside, right? Uh, there's a saying, I believe, you know, is like a ship doesn't sink because of the water that's on the outside. It sinks because of the water that's on the inside, right? So, and I think the business place, like especially the, the trades is like the ocean. It's huge, right? And, um, and your business is going to be really successful if you work internally on bettering all the functions, having the right mindset, you know, believing that, hey, you know what? The outside influence has nothing to do with it. Everything happens from the inside out. Um, so I think mindset is big. You know, I, I love the way that you stated that. And, uh, and this is something that I've had to learn over the years is um, I have to really zoom out of my view on uh, the day-to-day, what seems like the landscape of, of my business, right? So um, I'm in marketing. It's mostly my job to bring in leads, you know, lead generation and uh, sort of spread the awareness of the, of the company to uh, HVAC plumbers, home service, field service, um, those types of businesses. And when I talk to my sales guys, a lot of them will have this... Um, when things are going a little slower than they normally are, they'll have a very myopic and sort of uh, fearful outlook like, oh man, we're going to have to, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to stop calling all the HVAC guys and, and the plumbing and, and, you know, because of inflation or because of COVID or because, uh, you know, like whatever hot news uh, thing is, is running in the media that week. And, uh, and it's easy to get caught up in that and say, um, yeah, I've got to switch what I'm doing. I got to go do this. I got to, um, and when I zoom out, I realize that if I just go back to the things that I've always known really work for me, right. Providing value for, for my audience, um, you know, participating with, with other businesses that, uh, you know, I have a symbiotic relationship with that really makes sense. And, uh, and really, educate the people that uh that I ultimately want to do business with is what's going to help my business grow a, a, as a whole. So I think that it's important to not get caught up in the rat race of uh of the day-to-day of running. You know, you're so worried about this outside factor and that outside factor when it, when in fact, right, if I'm just doing the things that brought me the success all along and uh and I'm working hard at it, I can I won't say guarantee, but I can count on being successful again. And I want to talk about your journey because, I mean, Ruder Hero is 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 a success story in my opinion, um, in a lot of people's opinion. And I want to ask: Are there any key turning points that stand out in your mind, um, and important decisions that you made that ended up playing this like the the more significant roles in your company's growth? Yeah, I mean, there, there, you know, there was uh, there was a, a turning point. I mean, I've always uh, been somebody that liked to learn and read. And I remember reading this book uh, by a guy named Vern Harnish. It was called the uh, It was Mastering the Rockefeller, Rockefeller Habits. 
right? And it, it was a it was a pretty thick book, and I wasn't used to reading thick books, but I got through this one. And there was a statistic that was in there, um, and Vern said in there that there's 28 million firms out there, and out of 28 million companies in the U.S. or firms or or corporations, you know, there's uh, you know, and he had these graphs that, you know, majority, 96% of the companies were like a million dollars and below, right, in revenue. And then there was a portion that was above and there was 0.004% of companies, you know, that did, you know, between, I think, you know, up to 50 million in revenue or something like that. So I'm like, wow, that's a pretty interesting statistic, you know, 0.004% of 28 million companies do 50 million in revenue. And I said, you know, that's my target. You know, I want to build something that does 50 million. I mean, because that is, that, you know, that puts our company in this 0.004. So I called it the 17,000 club, right? And I was like, you know, I promoted it. I talked to it about all of my employees when we were five trucks. And then when we were 50 trucks, I was talking about it. Um, and I just kept talking about it. I even made a license plate on my car that said 17K Club, right? And I put it on my car and I drive it. And it was a specialized plate. So every time I change my car, I put that plate back on just to remind me that, hey, that's what I wake up and do every day. I'm going to build something that's worthwhile that, you know, we could say that we got into the 17,000 Club. So that book and that statistic was quite interesting. And I think it really drove me. Uh, to look at a, a, you know, the the numbers, and I guess that's you know where the Fortune 500 come out of, you know, the 500 fortunate companies that could get to the top, you know, uh, which is probably 0.000001 percent or something like that. Um, so it just, you know, if, if I could do this, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I look at that as success. So we kept doing that, and then we got there, and we're like, oh wow, you know, and like, what's next, you know? And then I changed it to the 2500 club now my license plate says 2500 club and you know now we're going for that you know so i think that book and you know that single statistic you know and i still have that graph on my vision board you know i'm always looking at it um has made a significant difference in how hard i work and you know how i you know like paint the future for the people in the company you know? so I think one of the most important things that should be focused on and, uh, and I know is in your wheelhouse is how important it is from a customer service standpoint um, to grow a business. So what are some of the things that you've implemented from, from, a, from a customer service standpoint um, that have helped you get to this point? Um, and, and, and what can other companies do to help them stand out from their competitors? So we always talk about this, right? It's really important. And we call it the referability habit, okay? It's like, it's like three basic things that we learn when we're like very young. I mean, I, I know I, you know, learned it when I was extremely young and, and a lot of times we forget it, right? And I think for good customer service, for you to be a company that people are gonna to refer to, there's three simple things that you need to do. And we train our people to do that. And number one, it's be on time, right? So simple, be on time. Okay, it's the number one leadership thing that's trained. It's the number one thing, be on time. 
If you do that, you're probably standing out from the rest, right? Uh, number two, very simple, do what you say, right? Do what you say. Like, hey, if you tell a customer, hey, I'm going to do this, do it. And number three, okay, say please and thank you. Be polite, right? Those are the three major things that customers really do expect and want, that if we could get all three of those right, that we're going to be a referable company, which means that customers are going to be happy with our service and they're going to refer us to friends and family. So we, we basically put that into all of our training and talk about that because that's what customers expect and want. So speaking of training, um, I'm a huge believer, and uh, I don't remember when I learned this, but it was years and years ago. Uh, it's a quote from Richard Branson. I probably say this in every episode of this podcast, but it's, if you take care of your employees, your employees will take care of your customers. Um, and what, what I think of that is, is that um, I don't really have to hammer home how important and all of that. It, you know, I train my employees to do the right thing. And then I trust them to take good care of my customers. So what, what do you do and what can, can other plumbing and HVAC company owners do to help train and elevate their technicians and other members of their, their organizations to, um, I don't, I don't want to say like just customer service wise, but but as a whole, how can, how can we elevate our staff to make sure that, that we're operating at the, you know, the optimal performance? Well, I mean, I, you know, going back to what you said, you know, I believe the same thing, that if you take care of your people, your people will take care of your customers. You know, my, I, I believe we have two types of customers. The company's customers are the people that call us for service. And our customers are internal, are the people that we serve. Um, so I think the best thing to do that, that we do a lot is, number one, be a great leader. Lead by example, right? Don't ask people to do things you're not willing to do. Don't be a dictator. Be a, be a leader. You know, do the things you're asking others to do. And, and number two, train people. You know, train them. I mean, train them on what outcome you want. Like, teach them because people are hungry. They want to learn. They, they want to do well, you know? I, I don't think I've, I've met too many people that's come in and said, hey, I want to fail. You know, it's like people want to win. They want to succeed. So train them, then coach them, right? Um, and coach them. And then finally, inspect what you expect, right? Follow through, look back, you know, look at the results, see if there's little tweaks that need to be done. But, you know, it's lead them by example, okay? Train your people. Okay, coach your people. Okay, and then follow up with your people. Like, have them come back. Just don't do a one time training and then expect everybody to instantly become great. You know, have follow up meetings and trainings and, and uh, you know, measure the numbers and, you know, uh, look at it and, and hold them accountable to the things that they want as well in life. We will be right back after this short ad. My name is Joe Fish. I'm the owner of Victorian Fence, located in Long Island, New York. I've been a ring-savvy customer for five years. They're very professional. They know exactly what to say. And when customers call, they have no idea that it's a separate answering service. With a product like Fence, if they don't get a live person, they're just going to call the next Fence company. 
With Ring Savvy, I never miss a potential new customer. Ring Savvy is an extension of our business. I like to answer my phone, but during those real busy times of year, I can let it ring on my cell phone one time. And if I'm not able to get it, it will be forwarded to Ring Savvy or a professional sounding person will answer and take my phone call. Ring Savvy really helped me to be present whether I'm at work or at home. My kids are young, so when I'm home, I don't want to be on the telephone and trying to resolve issues. Ring Savvy is definitely giving me a better quality of life. My mentor is a, a man named Michael George. Um, I started working for him when I was 16, and uh, he did high-end catering in the Hamptons. So I'm sure you can imagine the clientele and the expectation of oh, service yeah. and, and so on and so forth. And, uh, and he had, he's, he's one of the best people first leaders I've, I've ever known. Uh, he had three rules, right? Three rules for working. We're here to have fun, make some money, and do a good job. Right. And when I focus on those three things, um, that's how that's how I like to lead. Right. Is but do a good job is in criticize when something goes wrong. It's help that person get to where they need to be. Um, right. And uh, and that that's in all facets. Right. I want to help that person make more money. I want to make help that person have fun at their job. Right. I don't want them to be miserable because that's what comes across um, to the customer. Right. If they're miserable, the customer is going to be miserable. If they're right, right. happy, they're, the customer is going to be happy. Well, for the most part, right? Uh, you know, we're talking generally here. There might be some crazy people out there. Um, and I want to ask you about this because I mentioned before getting caught up in like the headlines, but this is something that I'm actually currently experiencing. And I think mm -hmm. truthfully that a lot of people are worried about this. So I think we should discuss it is the current state of the labor market and and when i say that i mean sort of this labor shortage that we're seeing um right. and i know that a bunch of my customers have expressed that they are feeling the effects of this labor shortage so are you finding that it is hard to find new talent and if so what are you what are you and your organization doing to connect with with uh with with prospects. Yeah. I mean, it, I, yeah, I believe the labor shortage um, is going to continue. I mean, because, you know, obviously there's a lot more people getting out of the trace than going in, you know, uh, one of the things that I know I had when I was in high school was, uh, you know, shop classes, mechanic classes, woodworks, and that's been pulled out of the school system. So, you know, we're sending more kids to college and putting more debt on kids and, um, you know, so that's, that's definitely contributing to the labor shortage in the trades. Uh, but I think that's going to continue to happen. One of the things we've done is what, one of the things I did is I started to write some books. I wrote this book about the trades and it's called the secret to real wealth. Um, and this is for anybody that wants to come into the trades. The title of the book is how to, uh, how a career in plumbing can change your life and allow you to uh, retire wealthy. Um, so we're giving these out to, at high schools, uh, junior colleges, you know, people that are uh, young guys that are coming into our uh, organization, you know, just so they know that, hey, plumbing could be an actually great choice in a career. Um, and we're training people. I mean, we have young talent that's coming in. We have hundreds of how-to videos that people are watching. 
they're going out with you know our some of our uh, senior plumbers and getting some hands-on work um, and things like that. So we're bringing people in from the outside of the trades and getting them into the trades because you know for me the trades were were great. You know it was a plan B that actually should have been a plan A, right? Um, so. Uh, that, those are the things we're doing. And I think the labor shortage will continue to happen and you have to get proactive and you have to educate people on what's going on out there. Um, so, you know, I like going out to schools, talking, you know, sending out books. You know, we, we uh, you know, we interview people, we hire people without experience, just mechanically inclined people that like to work with their hands. You know, so those are the kind of things I think every company should be doing you know, to fulfill the roles. We have to teach and bring in young talent into the trades, you know, because, you know, it's not a, you know, I don't think as a plumber, you could crawl under the house, you know, into your 60s and 70s, right? I mean, it's one of those things like sports, right? You got to play it while you're young and then you have to learn and get really good at it and hopefully become a teacher and maybe a manager or, you know, or maybe, you know, get into a higher role where you can actually start mentoring younger people coming in. And we should all think about doing that, get great at what we do so we can actually teach younger folks to come in and great, get great at what they do. I love your response. And, and I'm a big, uh, if I see a problem um, and I want to address it, I try. I, I think that education is the way to combat I don't know, fear and, and ignorance, right? So uh, I was just having a discussion with a, a very good friend of mine the other day that, you know, we're seeing this labor shortage and, uh, and, and he was saying something to the tune of, oh, well, I, you know, everybody's just staying home because of the government and this, that, and the third. And I said, uh, you know, that might be partially true, but I think that um, younger people now feel that they have been sold a lie. Um, that like you can go to college for four years and, you know, you just take out the loan, you'll be able to pay it off with a job. Um, but at this point, it seems, I mean, if you pay attention to like the news and, and, and only going to college for four years, um, it's pretty uh, disheartening. It seems like, you know, young people will never be able to buy a house or start a family or afford to pay off their loans. So uh, it's almost this like, why try attitude when they don't know that um, without a four-year degree and taking out a uh, hundred thousand plus dollars in in loans, and I think that's being generous to the lower end of the the spectrum, is that they can go into these trades. And I have a great many friends who make a great living working in the trades, working with their hands, and uh, and even being entrepreneurs at, at a young age. And uh, I have a I have a a, a sort of I don't want to say a disdain, but like I, tr I went the, the college route and, uh, and I, I found out that that wasn't for me and I fell into something else entirely. And, uh, and I think that people feel like there's only one way to do things nowadays and it's just not true. So I appreciate the fact that you're back in schools, um, letting kids know that if, if the school isn't for them, that there's another way to make money and still be fulfilled and happy in your life and, and serving a community. Um, but I do want I want to switch gears because I, I'm so long winded. I'm really sorry. Um, I want to talk about marketing strategies because I know that right now it seems 
like, you know, we're talking about this, right? And and this is why I want to talk about it is to get rid of the fear and the stigma around these things is inflation and the shortage and, and people are saving and they don't want to make upgrades or, or fix things. Um, so are there any marketing strategies that you've found to be recently successful to help HVAC and plumbing companies um, sort of, um, I don't know, find companies, find companies, find customers, even though there might be currently, um, you know, a hardship in, in getting new business? I mean, I, I think marketing is, has a lot of different, uh, you know, aspects to it. So, um, you know, obviously a lot of things are going to the internet nowadays. So, you know, we do a lot of internet marketing and we try to stay in many arenas. Um, so, you know, internet's one thing that we do, but for the most part, I mean, I think nowadays it's about collecting positive reviews and making sure that you have a lot of happy customers, right? So uh, that's another area that we promote a lot is, you know, getting our technicians to get as many reviews as possible and sending out review links. Um, but we do radio, we do print, you know, we do um, uh, internet. So, you know, we, we try to stay in many arenas, you know, just so we could stay in front of customers in many different areas. Um, so I think, you know, marketing is, you know, in, in one area, it's like, it's not, it's not too hard. It's simple. You know, it's a percentage of your revenue that you have to constantly put in there. Okay. So never think about marketing as far as like, I have to do this once and it's over. You know, it's like something you have to do, like pay the rent. You know, you got to do the marketing every single month. Right. And what most companies do is when, you know, business gets tough, the first thing they cut is marketing. Right. It's almost like, you know, like, pulling the plug on the business and waiting for it to die. I mean, you have to keep doing marketing. So I would measure it. And, and nowadays with Service Titan and all the software and all the, you know, uh, things that are out there, you could measure everything that you're doing and you could put more money into the things that work, right? So, um, yeah, I think marketing is essential to any business, uh, but you have to do many different types of marketing, not just stick to one. I agree with you because, um, so I, I'm such a sucker for, uh, like business podcasts and, uh, and influencers. And I, I remember I was watching shark tank once and I don't remember what the product was, but the sharks are talking to him, uh, you know, how are you marketing this product? You know, what are your sales? And he tells them all about the sales. They're like, wow, this is so great. Um, what percentage of your sales come from the website? And he's like, 100%. And they're like, oh, okay. But like, where do you get the traffic to the website from? And he's like, Facebook. And they said, you get 100% of your sales on the website and 100% of the traffic comes from Facebook. And he said, yes. And they all instantly got out. You know, they said out. And, and what they explained the reason for that was, is that um, Facebook giveth and Facebook taketh away. Um, meaning that, if Facebook tweaks, um, I don't know, something about their audience targeting tomorrow, this guy will lose 100% of his revenue. Um, and, and I think about that in terms of my marketing, right? If I'm not focused on Google or other search engines or Facebook, LinkedIn, all the social media, print, uh, video, you know, 
one thing goes down and I no longer have a source of, of lead generation for my business. And then I'm in really big trouble. Um, yeah. So I want to ask you, uh, because it seems like, uh, you know, everybody's got that, that threshold of money that they want to make in order to be comfortable, right? They got a number in their head. And I think that a fair number in today's era uh, for somebody who wants to be really successful is, uh, is making a million dollars or more working in the trades. So if a business owner who's listening to this podcast right now has a goal of making a million dollars or more working in the trades, what is your number one piece of advice uh, that you would share with them? I wrote a bunch of books, so I would share that, you know, go grab this book I wrote called How I Grew My Residential Plumbing Company from Zero to 50 Million in Nine Years, and uh, because I give a lot of the secrets of how I did it in there, you know, um, and then I, I wrote a bunch of other books as well, you know, that can actually help a lot of the trade industry, you know, there's this book I wrote called Creating 99 Millionaires. Okay, this talks about how you could make a million dollars or more in plumbing, um, you know, and, uh, you know, as a plumbing salesperson, okay, and, uh, you know, there's a secret to real wealth, the one we talked about getting in the industry, values first, so there's several stuff that I've written about it that I've learned uh, from many aspects of how you can actually make a million dollars, how you could become wealthy in the trades, um, so I would start with with taking some of those and, and reading them. They're really short books. I don't like writing long books. So I write a lot of short books and get right to the point. Um, so, I mean, that's the advice I would give some of the audience and look at other things, too. There's a lot of other things in the that are written by other, you know, tradespeople that, you know, share successes and, and strategies of how to make that happen. Right. So if our viewers um, have liked what you've had to say today and, uh, and they want to hear from more from you, um, is there a way that they can reach out to you um, or, or follow you online? Yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook, you know, John Akoyan uh, on Facebook. Um, my uh, email address is john, J-O-H-N, at ruderhero.com. Um, my books are on Amazon. So if you just go into the search term on Amazon and just put my name, uh, J-O-H-N-A-K-H-O-I-A-N, Akoyan. Um, you'll see all five books that I've written. Um, I've also got it on Audible. You know, if you're like me, you like to listen to your books, you know, just go to Audible and put John Akoyan and uh, all of my books are on Audible as well. Um, or just go to our website, ruderhero.com. And about us, I have my cell phone number in our website. So you can just give me a call on my cell phone. That's very brave of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of want to pick your brain about that. But, uh, but I, John, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. And, uh, and want to give a special thank you to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. And we will be back with another episode of Business Savvy soon. Links for everything mentioned in our conversation today can be found in the description of this episode, including all five books, uh, the website, and the about page uh, so that you can call John. Uh, be sure to check out previous episodes of our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and the Rings Have a YouTube channel. See you next time, everyone.